Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Shoppers John Deere presents live from West Palm Beach for the start of spring baseball. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors, it's Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. We are brought to you by Shoppers John Deere here for one more day in Florida. Thanks to them for bringing us down here. We've had a great week. We've, we've had a great week. Adam Spillane has had a great week. He's done an awesome job this week covering the Astros yeah. for you guys. I was going to tell you, on behalf of Shoppers, I was going to go talk some smack to the Cardinals ground crew yesterday. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I didn't see any John Deere equipment. Huh. And I was going to heckle them. During the game, like because we we could see uh, back under the underbelly there when we were going back to the press conference. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a couple, of, you know, lazy non John Deere driving yeah, grounds, and that got members. you mad. Yeah, it got me on mad. behalf of Shoppers. And I was like, Shoppers probably wants me to, you know, give not him, not physically assault somebody on right. their behalf. Yeah, but give him an earful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've enjoyed these ballparks we've gone to. It's it's been really cool. I, I would say I I would recommend if you're an Astros fan and you haven't been down here for yeah. spring training. I highly recommend coming down here for a few days. It is really cool just how the proximity is like everything's within like an hour, depending on what the track is. Yeah, like is. multiple ballparks. And like we yeah. went yesterday to the Cardinals slash Marlins. Marlins complex. Yep. And there they had been I was talking to an old lady who works down at the the elevator to the press box. Mm-hmm. She's been there since they built the place. Mm-hmm. And it used to be I was out in the middle of a pasture. Um, just nothing. Yeah. And all this, cause we drove in, we're like, this is a weird spot for a, sp- like, a, like a spring training site. Yeah. That neighborhood grew up around the facility. Yeah. So it was like apartments and retail like and everything. We, li- we parked like on a street spot that looks like you were just parking to go visit a buddy in, in his front apartment. of apartments. Yeah, yeah. There was a three hour time limit on the parking, which we thought, thank you, MLB pitch clock. The pitch clock. He's we get to park for free for three hours. That's right. Because this game's only going to be two hours and S- saved us a toes. Two yeah. hours and 25 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's 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 been cool. Uh, all, all the ballparks we went to, awesome, and it's a big thumbs up if you're an Astros fan to come down here. I would highly recommend it. So Adam Spillane met with Dana Brown yesterday, the GM of the Astros, and he gave this update on Jordan Alvarez and Michael Brantley. Jordan Alvarez, you said on ESPN the other day that you were confident that he would be ready for opening day. Has he getting closer to taking part in baseball activities? Yes, he's uh, pain free. And he's doing well, so that's really exciting. Is he hitting, swinging the bat at least? Not, not yet, not yet. And then Michael Brantley hit on the field the other day. Um, are, do you have a, a timetable on when he might be able to get into a game? So Michael's makeup is pretty special, and he's worked so hard. And um, you know, talking to our trainer Jeremiah, he really feels confident that it's going to come down to the wire. There's a good chance that he's going to be ready for opening day, but if not, it'll be shortly after. Okay, so that's good news. I, I can't stress enough. I really like Dana Brown so far. <laughs> he, he does not. He doesn't mess around when it comes to giving you information. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, like he's not going to disclose everything, obviously. But like that's a. I, I think even that report might not have been given 
by previous GMs, by Luno and Click. Like, the, the, Joran yeah. was feeling really good. Yeah. Um, there's some things that... Uh, at times he's pain-free and he's excited, he said. He's, yeah. the, you know, Dana Brown's excited. Yeah. I don't know that Jeff Luna was capable of excitement. <laughs> Think about Dana Brown. Dana Brown, every time I hear him, uh, it, it feels like he's kind of like... Like, I almost can't believe that he's walked into such good fortune. Yeah. Like, he walks in, he's looking around, and, like, sees all these really, really good baseball players. Yeah. And his job, uh, his job isn't, I mean, obviously his job is to restock the pipeline and go out and find good players. But a large part of his job right now Dude. is, hey, can you keep this awesome boat straight, going straight? Okay. Yeah. Think about, well, let's play one more here, because I, I want to fix, I want to build off of that theme, but let's get the injury updates out of the way. Here was the, here was the update on Lance McCullers. He's feeling a lot better. Uh, we're getting good information from the trainer, so uh, there's no ligament damage or anything like that. I think guys go through times where their arms are a little sore it's spring training they're starting to they're starting to amp, amp it up and so what happens is guys get sore at times so we, we feel comfortable that he's going to be fine okay think about the, the guys that i mean we're about to hear another cut in a minute where he's talking about jose altuve and well okay let's, let's do this one more that was a good update on lance um, here is Dana Brown on his to-do list for contracts. The roster is pretty much set now, but going forward, you know, we're going to be looking forward to things like the draft, potential trades, uh, because as you know, um, you know, we have to secure some of the contracts that we have here, like uh, Bregman, you know, Altuve, you know, Tucker, so you know, Valdez. So you know, we have we have our work cut out going forward. Uh, and we have to get some of his contracts secured. Okay, think of the, the seven guys he was just talking about in those yeah. three questions. Lance McCullers, Jordan Alvarez, uh, Michael Brantley, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Framber Valdez, Kyle Tucker. <laughs> they've all been to All-Star games. Yeah. They've, yeah. All been to, they've all been to All-Star Now, Lance, it's been a while because yeah. it was back in 2017 that he went. But but he's obviously very talented when he's healthy. To your point, like he he does like Dana Brown has to be looking around. Like these jobs never open up, right? Like the GM. Now it's a double edged sword, as James Click learned. Yeah, and and it's James, not so easy. Well, it's not easy, and you're not going to get credit. Right. This is still a nucleus that is, by and large, been been drafted or assembled or brought in by Jeff Luna. And Click was still, although I think Click deserves credit for believing in the young pitchers more than a lot of other people did. Because I remember that being in the COVID year. I remember that being written before the season began, that the word was – I should have talked to Chandler Rome about that while we were down here. Because um, I think Chandler Rome is the one that wrote it. Was that the that Click felt more highly about guys like Framber, Javier, Urquidy, those guys, yeah. than other people did or the rating services That's did. your whole rotation. Yeah, now. so I, I think, like, in a lot of ways, is you know, you can criticize them for their Odorizzi signing, but I think other GMs might have been more aggressive in trying to go out and get veterans when Click... Click deserves credit for discretion in that instance because yeah. he felt good about those yep. guys. Um, and yet... Ultimately, uh, history will not give him credit for it. You know, like, I don't think, uh, like, I, I think 10 years from now, it's not like people are going to say, yeah, Click did a really good job, actually, of making that transition period, unfortunately. And I, and I believe that he did. It's yeah. just, you're, they're, they're already good. Right now, Dana Brown has an even harder job in that, yeah, you're a couple years further along in this process of having not had high draft picks or draft picks at all for a few years now. It gets tougher and tougher as you go along. Can you write the book about the Astros' dynasty so far 
and not mention James Click. A lot of Astro fans feel probably like, yeah, you yeah, probably can. Yeah. You probably it, which can. Which I do, I think. It's like, not fair, necessarily. Having faith and trust in those guys yeah. was a little bit of a leap, yeah. especially for somebody that just stepped in. They always say sometimes the best moves are the ones you don't make. But yeah, you don't get any credit no, for those. No, I know, I know. That's, <laughs> that's why people do so many stupid things. Yes. We got to smash stuff. Yeah. Come on, we got to break stuff. Yeah. You know, the guy that... The guy that comes in and just says, like, you know, sometimes inactivity is actually the best move. Oh, no. They're a beta. Get out of here, beta. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So uh, James Click didn't get credit because he was a beta. He, Speaking of alphas, though, yeah. I was talking to somebody from the Astros yesterday about, like, I was like, uh, where do you stay? Because, um, you know, a lot of the players rent places or some yeah. of them buy places if they're going to be for, there for a while for spring training. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, and he was telling me what, what hotel they stay at. And he said, of course, uh, Crane's got, you know, he bought a hotel <laughs> nearby, which I had forgotten about. And I was like, oh, why didn't, why didn't you do that? Like, <laughs> why don't you just buy a hotel? How did you like to be able to, how did you like to be at that level? We're like, well, I'm going to be in this place on business a lot. Um, I, might, I, might, I might buy a place. Even like a, like a condo? No, a hotel. A hotel. An entire hotel. Like the whole building? Like yeah, yeah, it's just the whole building. I like to change it up <laughs> each night. <laughs> That's that wild. used to be one of my fantasies as a kid. It was like uh, owning a hotel, but like having like the just like well, I guess like kind of Fertita does. <laughs> He's got like eighteen different ridiculously awesome suites up there. Yes, and he probably just when he feels like it, he's going to stay in the one that's otherwise a hundred thousand dollars a night, or he'll walk have down it. the hall to the Oak Room and just hang out at uh, at his little. Uh, 30, 30th story place. I got to talk to Tillman about becoming a billionaire, do, whether I should do it or not. As, uh, sometimes I sit and I'm like, eh, not this year. I'll just wait. But maybe next year. Yeah. 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 And, like, <laughs> and, you, and like if you run into him like at a Rockets game, yeah. and, and like 10 minutes later, you're like, I forgot to ask him about how to become a billionaire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I've, had so many I've been talking about this forever. <laughs> I went on a three-day fishing trip with Tillman, and I didn't once ask him how to become a billionaire. How I can become a billionaire. This is how people get ahead. Yeah. And I, this is why I can't get ahead is I keep I forgetting to ask so. these questions. Uh, you know how else the, uh, the Astros get ahead is by not giving out eight- to ten-year deals. Dana Brown was asked about that. Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve were two of the names he just brought up <clears throat> in that cut we just played. Bregman especially, and I know Spillane, when we talk about this with him, both on the air and off the air, has talked about Bregman. If he, if he keeps ascending again back to where he was in 2019, it may not be so simple as just doing one of the standard five- or six-year Astro extensions. Would Dana Brown do an eight- to ten-year deal? We'll continue to have discussions. I think we'll probably meet somewhere in the middle. Um, you know, I don't know about ten years. I mean, ten years is a long time. Players change a lot in ten years. I'm really not comfortable with 10 years, to be honest. Uh, but I think Jim and I will meet these agents somewhere in the middle and get some of this stuff done. Do you think that you might have anything done by the time opening day comes around? Uh, there's potential. I mean, we're talking to agents every day. And so uh, there's, there's a chance we can get something done. Like, we're trying. I like the, again... I feel it's kind of like a plain folks honesty about it, where he just yeah. flat out says, "I don't feel like Dana Brown's posturing at all." <laughs> yeah, he's like, eh, ten years is a long time." I, I, I like he he talks to us. He talks to us simple folk uh, in uh, in a way we can understand. It's a long time. <laughs> Guys change. Is there anybody on the Astros right now that you would feel comfortable giving a ten year deal to? I would say Kyle Tucker. If I if I hadn't been so 
propagandized against ten-year deals. I don't. I get. I. Look, I am look, propagandized against them. It, right, My answer's it, nobody. And there is a certain look. There's a certain desperation feel to giving guys a ten-year deal. To where you are, look, it's credit card spending, and you can get away with it for a little bit. But like, I, I kind of like the people. I like the organizations that that think almost like your fiscally responsible grandfather. Who like yeah sure could could use credit a lot more aggressively, but just flat out doesn't believe in it and doesn't want to get in the habit. I think the Astros are a team that just doesn't want to get in the, the habit of using credit. You know, there's a there's a danger you run into, and the Dallas Cowboys I would argue are a team that's like this. There's a danger you get into when, or the, well, the Yankees are the the prime example um, when you just try to buy your way out of problems or buy your way into greatness, it becomes, it's too easy a tool. It's like, it's like using cocaine to get through the day. At some point, it's going to, it's going to snap at, snap back at it you. It is? You know? <laughs> I'm going to write yeah, that down. Like, stop <laughs> using cocaine. Stop, stop using cocaine number two. Uh, get back. Nobody told me that when they sold it to me. Call back the bankruptcy attorney <laughs> yeah. number three. Yeah. Sell some stuff. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's like, it's going to come back and bite you. And I think the, I think the Astros just, have a core philosophy of we don't want to get in the habit of making exceptions. And, and look, it's been borne out with the number of guys that they've said goodbye to. And ultimately they keep churning. This is the difference though. And this is where the, the Astros under Dana Brown need to continue to dominate other uh, organizations. It's in two areas. One finding areas to exploit. Like early on, it was in the talent scouting. Then it was in, then it was in talent development. Another area that the Astros have exploited was that people didn't quite know how to scout Cuban prospects. Yeah. So the Astros went all in on Cuban prospects, um, and Cuban Cuban prospects have been very good to the Astros. Indeed. So you got to keep finding areas to exploit. And I think on the player development side of things, um, they're still ahead of the vast majority of organizations. So so there's that. Um, and then, did I say both things? I think you did. Yeah. You said multiple things there. Let's leave it there. Let's okay. leave it at that. <laughs> um, it's been a long week. the the only The only players, I, I think, I think the only players on the Astros where there's even a conversation about uh, about a ten year contract right now is Kyle Tucker and Jeremy Pena. Yeah, those are the only ones. And Pena, I wouldn't do one because he's only been up one year. And people don't realize he's, Pena's young to the major leagues, but he's twenty five years old. He's twenty five years old, and he's been banged up a lot. Yeah, you know, including in the minors. The reason he wasn't up two years ago, he probably would have been up two years ago if he hadn't broken his wrist. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think there is that. Now, as far as his attitude and all of those other things, his maturity—that's all. A number one, it's right there. It's top notch. But there's just no hurry right now either. No. Other, the only reason to do it right now is basically you can give a ten. If you give, if you give Pena a ten year deal, it's not an actual ten year deal. It's a four year extension or a three year extension on top of your on top or, of his arbitration. Or, yeah, years. yeah, yeah. Uh, on top of the arbitration years, so it's it's not as big a deal. No, T- but Tucker is. Tucker is getting to be a, you know, DEFCON one or two situation. Yeah. The lower the number, the worse the DEFCON, by the way. Um, so, uh, Tucker, you bringing up Tucker's name. Tucker's 26, just turned 26 in January. I would, I would think about it. I, I'm, 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 I am philosophically opposed to it, but he plays a position, plays right field. Yeah. It's a position that should age pretty well. 
he is a multi-tooled player, so if one of the tools diminishes, he's got other things yeah. that, that, are, that are still going to presumably be at, at, a, at an elite or near elite level. And, and he's durable. That's the other thing. That's why, like, if they had given Jordan a 10-year deal, I would have been really nervous about that because he's had injury issues. I think this is the thing, though. And I, I see people make kind of a philosophical argument that precedent doesn't matter as much as people think it does. I would 100% disagree and say the precedent matters a lot when it comes to the chemistry of a locker room. If you make exceptions and you give a 10-year deal for one guy, even though it goes against your core beliefs of how you should operate – other guys start wondering why they're not getting the 10-year deal. You know, like, wait a second. I thought we had this. How come he gets this and I don't? How come I signed this deal and now this guy? Got, I signed a deal. Like, think of Jordan. I signed a deal kind of thinking that I would never get a long-term deal from the, Astro, uh, from the Astros. And then Kyle Tucker gets this. So I think as long as their philosophy right now has been pretty firmly established that, hey, We'll give you a longer-term deal if you sign up way before free agency. We'll give you that financial security, and then we're going to sign guys like Abreu. We're, gonna, we're not going to sign a 10-year deal. We're going to sign young guys to seven-year deals, and then maybe that guy is still good at the end of that deal, and we'll try to re-up him. Or we're just going to go out and get older guys for three-year deals like Abreu. Yep. And like that way you get some veterans on your roster, but you don't take the risk of that that last three years of a contract being a complete waste. Yep. You got to stay good. Yeah. That's the big thing is you yeah. got to stay good. Otherwise, that back end won't matter. Like, they, you're not going to have the Abreu signing here for the last three years of their career. And, you know, tanking isn't the option that it used to be because too many teams want to tank. Right. You know, like, that's, that's right. right. The when Astros they, were revolutionary. That, that is another thing with the Astros. When it comes to finding areas to exploit, <laughs> the, the Astros got in at the sweet spot. Got in you know? sucking. Yes. Yeah, now teams are more comfortable with a reset. You can't even call it tanking anymore because there's too many teams trying to reset. So, okay, Brooks uh, Brooks Cabina cannot join us today because he is... What the hell, Brooks? Well, the, all the quarterbacks are at the podium. He's never going to... Maybe we'll catch up to dude, him later this morning. What, he's but, not going to be a billionaire. The, not with that attitude. No, no, no. no. And Tillman... If Brooks Cabina walks up to you and asks how to be one, don't tell him. Save that advice for Seth C. That's right. That's right. Who can then take care of Sean T. Pendergast in the process. (laughs) Um, But we'll talk about the combine and the draft. In fact, Ian Rappaport, Ian Rappaport, a lot of talk about people trading up, teams trading up for the number one pick. There's another high pick, though, that is starting to get some smoke that we didn't see coming. We'll let you hear from Ian Rappaport on that, and we'll discuss it next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Shoppers John Deere presents live from West Palm Beach for the start of spring baseball. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors, it's Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. Uh, Adam Spillane is over at the... Astros facility here in West Palm Beach, and he just tweeted out the lineup for today's game between the Astros and the Braves. Uh, this is a uh, it's a fun top four in the lineup for a spring training game. Uh, Jose Altuve, Jeremy Pena, Kyle Tucker getting a little more work in advance of the World Baseball Classic. As opposed Classic. to uh, Maldonado, who was batting third a couple days ago. Yeah, well, yeah. Maldonado's batting fifth, but <laughs> the big... Oh, is he? Okay, good. In this he's lineup, a... he's batting fifth. I, I don't like going unless Maldonado's in the top five in the order. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alex Bregman batting cleanup today. That's right. Yeah. So we get our first look at Breggy Bombs today. Uh, and it'll be Jose Urquidy on the hill with some interesting names in the bullpen, including Ryan Stanek and Rafael Montero, will see action today. Is Bregman the last of the position players who haven't uh, the healthy ones the, that haven't? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jordan and Brantley, obviously. Haven't but played. of the guys that, yeah, the guys that weren't an injury concern, Bregman's the last. He's of the them last to, one. Okay. Yep, yep. So we we won't get to see him with our own eyes, but he will be uh, he will be there today as they take on the Atlanta Braves. Um, so. The combine going on as well. Brooks Cabina. We're going to try to get Brooks on a little later in the show. He would normally join us at this time because it's a Friday. But uh, Bryce Young's at the podium or was at the podium. Uh, C.J. Stroud is presumably at the podium right now. Anthony Richardson later on this hour. So these, these will all be things we're going to be keeping eyes and ears on throughout the morning and see if, uh, see if these quarterbacks say anything interesting. Um, Chris Ballard, uh, the GM of the Colts, talked earlier this week about the possibility of trading up to number one for the Colts. The Texans have been talked about as a team that could move up to number one from number two. Here's Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network on the latest he's hearing about teams looking to move up and trade with the Chicago Bears at number one. Chicago Bears general manager Ryan Poles has been very clear. That number one pick is for sale for the right price. Has not said definitively that Justin Fields is his starter no matter what, and obviously that evaluation process is ongoing. But so is the process about is he going to trade the pick. And from my understanding, there is significant, significant interest in that pick among the teams expected to show interest. The Texans at number two would make sense. Just a quick slide from one to two for the uh, Chicago Bears. The uh, Atlanta Falcons still in need of a quarterback. Obviously, that would be one to watch. The Indianapolis Colts at four have made it very clear. General Manager Chris Ballard always open for business. Does he take a big swing? And the Panthers still have some questions as well at the quarterback position. No doubt they're looking hard at some of these top, top guys. So that is a lot of the discussion here. What's going to happen in number one? Okay, so uh, in the, that blurb that he just gave there, the only thing I really got out of that was that the only buddy he's the only team he's actually heard anything substantially about trying to move up or interested in move up is the Colts. The rest of it was like people expect the Texans to be interested. These are the buzzwords that Shap, uh, that Rappaport. I'll call them Shapapore, Schefter and Rappaport, Sheftapore say, which is like uh, 
sources expect or league insiders think that this could happen, that means, all right, nobody from the Texans has actually told him that. So right now I think it's anybody's guess what the Texans end up doing. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, for what it's worth, here, because you mentioned the Colts are the ones that have the most substance in that cut we just heard. Here was Ballard, Chris Ballard, the GM of the Colts, a couple of days ago on moving up to number one. He sounds a whole lot more sheepish about the possibility. And I know this is coming up because I know all the speculation out there. One, to move up, you there's got to be a guy worthy of it, okay? I know everybody in, the, in America is going to say, like, this is what's great right now. Everybody has just automatically stamped that you've got to move up to one to get it right. I, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't. And, but that's going to be the narrative. And that's okay. Y'all got to write something. You got to keep the news flowing. So, but I don't necessarily know if that's the, I don't know if that's the, the right course of business. If, when we meet as a staff and we say, okay, this is what we need to do. This is the guy for the next 10 to 15 years and we think he's the right guy. Sure, we'll do it. But who's to say we won't get one at four? He's so I, dramatic. I worry that he's like the Kevin Durant of NFL GMs. <laughs> like, uh, like does, does he understand? Just like with Kevin Durant, you just want to sit him down and be like, dude, you're never going to please everybody. Like, you got to understand, like, you're in a position where you're, you will never, ever, ever, ever be proven correct. Like, no, like to 100% of the people. Yeah. And like, you'll never get unanimous approval. So just stop worrying about it. You're just not going to, you can get a little arguments here and there with individuals. But when you start railing against either the media at large or the public at large or anything like that, man, you can't be letting that affect. Every time Ballard talks, he says something about how the media is wrong about something or about how, well, if I do this, you guys will criticize me for that. I mean, look, look, as a Texans fan, I'm happy for it. Um, but as somebody that's heard that, that Chris Ballard is a hell of a guy, I, I feel for him. I feel like he's in that spot where he's, uh, he's, he feels like there's some mythical reality where, ah, one day I'll prove all of you and you will never argue against me again. Do you think he has burner accounts on Twitter? I 1000% think he has burner accounts. I, I don't, I don't think he does. uses them like yeah. Durant. Uh, like Durant will actually reply from a burner account. Yeah. But I think Ballard is definitely on there reading everything. I think a lot of guys do just to read or what have a they... staffer that has one maybe, yeah you know, like. yeah well the uh the ravens gm uh, you know he spoke the other day and then rashad bateman like <laughs> ravens jam wouldn't have needed a, a a burner account eric DaCosta said something about how they they haven't really made good moves at wide receiver rashad bateman oh yeah wide receiver or the um the, the ravens, ravens yeah. uh basically told them to stop pointing fingers Let's see. He said, how about you play to your player's strength and stop pointing the finger at us in number eight, Lamar Jackson. Blame the one you, blame the one you let do this. We take heat 24-7 and keep us healthy. Care about us and see what happens. Ain't no promises, though. Tired of y'all lying and capping on players for no reason. Oh, oh man. well, he so, ended up deleting it and then sending out a tweet that just said, my apologies. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, the deletion does absolutely no good. In <laughs> yeah, that of instance. course not. That's how he felt. At the time. <laughs> of course, it doesn't do any how good. About, that's pretty rough, man. Uh, like 
Blame the one you let do this. We take heat 24-7 and keep us healthy. That part I feel like he could have let out if he had, <laughs> if he was in a mood for editing at yep, that moment. Pretty bold move for a player whose career highs in a season are 46 catches for 515 yards. Bold move to point the finger as you're accusing. So that's always tricky when you when you accuse somebody of pointing the finger. You got to remember, like, am I pointing the finger at you or is this? Uh, yeah. So yeah. But yeah, like uh, like I'm having an argument with somebody on the text line right now. You are that. Um, like, as an individual, like, uh, like I might be considered a hypocrite for saying, look, you're not going to make everybody happy. I'm doing this privately, like, you know, just between him and I. But it's driving me insane that I feel like he's being irrational and illogical. <laughs> like, Kevin Durant is, like, having that entire argument with the entire, uh, the entire world. The Twitter sphere. Yeah, yeah. or, like, or, or Ballard is having that argument. Like, you're never going to win, ever. No matter how much you win, you'll never win. It's exhausting, yeah. no doubt. Here's Ian Rapoport on a pick that we've not talked about. We talked about Texans moving up from 2-1, to one, Colts moving up from 4-1. to one. Meanwhile, the number three pick is just sitting there minding its own business until we heard this from Rapoport. Another interesting spot, number three for the Arizona Cardinals. We, we may get quarterback bang-bang 1-2, putting the Cardinals in a perfect position. Could they take the best position player on the board? Maybe it's Will Anderson going to put on a show here behind me today. That's a possibility. New general manager Monty Austinford also was pretty clear. He's open for business as well. They're going to be prepared to pick. Again, got a great draft spot. But could that be for sale as well? Could we get quarterback, 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 one, two, three? Rappaport, just to be clear. <laughs> that was funny. It wasn't Rappaport, but that was funny. That was Jonathan Gannon. That's just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked about this on the air. You know they deleted that from the Cardinals uh, video. They, they yeah. do the video series where they talk about building the team yeah. you know the Texans have building the Texans I think I forget what the Cardinals call theirs I think it's like buckle up or something yeah. like that um it's like a 20 minute video that yeah. had Gannon's press conference and his introduction and it had the whole thing of him walking around and meeting the players it was put out in a smaller bite on Twitter and included that where yeah. he's walking up to Rondale Moore making laser noises and going shots explosives and Rondale Moore's like what are you talking yeah. about they they took that out, that weird part that everybody thought was super awkward. What should they have done? Do you think should Gannon, they have left the weird awkward part think, in? Yes, <laughs> yes, of course they should have. I can't believe they got rid of that thing that was roundly criticized. Well, they put it out the first time. Lean <laughs> yeah. into it. Do you think Gannon requested they take it out, or do you think someone went to them and said, "All right, our coach looks like a weirdo. Let's I just think, take yeah, this yeah. part out." I think the social media kids uh, knew that. Like, all right, look, that got that got roundly panned. We're going to just go ahead and take okay. that out. Of we're not going to add that to the <laughs> montage. I feel like I had. I feel like I played point zero 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 one percent in that getting wiped out from that I, video. <laughs> I'm the most forgiving of uh, Jonathan Gannon in that moment because it's like it's. it's uh, Think about any number of awkward exchanges you've had some, when you first meet somebody, and if it was captured on camera, it's uh, it's too much. It's uh, that's it's, true. Yeah, like when you got a camera following you around the time, you do rely on the editors, like the your like social media kids, uh, for you to not look like an idiot when they edit it all up. Boy, I mean, we are seeing these days a lot of behind the scenes stuff we've yeah. never seen before. Yeah, yeah. a lot. Yeah, that's a lot of. I mean, and it's. 
It's when you watch reality shows, they they take like four hundred hours of footage to create a half hour. This is they've got to be on all the time, kind of in a way. Or you got to have better social media people that don't put the goofy stuff out there. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I wonder if the kid got yelled at who put the pew 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 it's on there. Ta- you know, I was talking to somebody with the Texans about this, um, about kind of like understanding because this is a guy that's um, he's somebody that works for the Texans. He's an older guy, but he understands like, okay, look, we got it. We got to, you know, keep it fresh and new and everything. And you don't want to be like an old stodgy. So there's this constant kind of trying to understand like, all right, where am I just being a stodgy old idiot versus like, where do I need to tell this 23 year old social media kid that no, that's actually like a little too far. That's tasteless. Like it's a, it's a hard line to walk Yeah. when you don't want to, you're you're kind of a mentor to these kids, but these kids are also way smarter than you in a lot of ways at what you're asking them to do. Yeah. So you got to figure out where to, where to kind of restructure a little, uh, a few things. It's funny that time that, um, remember when the Texans did that fun little, um, it was a, it was a, a player. It was on, um, it was on a Jewish holiday and it was a, a Texans player holding a matzah. Oh, I, it was Passover, I, right? Yeah, Passover. I, re- I remember. I, I forget who the and player was. And people were crushing the Texans for it. Um, and meanwhile, like there were a couple Jewish players who were like, I thought it was funny. And, uh, and the person, I think the social well, media person. Who- the, the social media person that, that suggested it was, is Jewish. Yeah, yeah So yeah. Like, basically the, rea- the alternate was the people that were crushing the Texans for that. What you're saying is what you wanted, what you wanted to happen was for the young Jewish employee to go to the, uh, to the executive and say, Hey, can I do this to have, uh, to celebrate Passover? And for that executive to say, No. Right. <laughs> like, right. I was like, just, uh, get a hold of yourselves. That everybody. would not have played well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, mock draft injection. We do it daily. We do it at about 740, right before headlines. Getting you ready for the NFL draft via the eyes of others. This one. Nick Baumgartner from The Athletic, a three-rounder, a bonus on a Friday. We've got that. We've got headlines. We've got a whole lot more. We're live in West Palm Beach thanks to Shoppa's John Deere bringing us down here. Headlines next as well. Stay there. You're listening to Payne and Pendergast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Chumpus John Deere presents live from West Palm Beach for the start of spring baseball. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors, it's Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. Hi, Payne and Pendergast with you. Quarterbacks meeting at the meeting with the media at the combine as we speak. I'm going through some of the um, going through some of the notes. Brooks Cabina, who you can find at B Cabina on Twitter. Except just know that his that's his Twitter handle. His name next to his Twitter handle is D- Digi Daigaku. Yeah. <laughs> because he got hacked. He got hacked and there was a picture yeah. of a little astronaut on there. It's still it's kind of space city specific yeah. by whoever hacked him. Yep. I've been noticing that little uh like that little style of it's almost like um like Japanese anime astronaut. I, I don't know what the – but the, I've noticed that style a lot more now that uh, DG and I are uh, – <laughs> DG and I have <laughs> become DG, friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get into in – headlines, in headlines, we'll get into some of what the uh, – the two, the two primary quarterbacks in this draft, Bryce Young of Alabama, C.J. Stroud of Ohio State, their media sessions are over, and they're getting very, very good grades. Um, I'm sure Landry is watching these media sessions this morning. He's the self-proclaimed podium. Critic. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm sure you'll get an actual letter grade from Landry on both mm-hmm. of these. So highlights and lowlights, yep, places yep. they could have screwed up. So look forward. You got to be boy. That's almost um. This is almost like the prerequisite, right, for a quarterback. If you don't, uh, if you, you if you screw up the if you screw up the press conference at the combine, where you know exactly what questions you're going to be, getting, I would cross them off my list for that. I mean, the kids of the kids from Georgia actually have a hard challenge at the combine this week because Jalen Carter has yeah. his situation, but also as we found out yesterday, the the one defensive lineman that was being interviewed or a couple days ago was let the, the, the player that died was close to all these guys too. Yeah. So they're being asked questions about it and it's still very emotionally raw for Nolan them. Nolan Smith is the guy. You're yeah. Talking about. So yeah. Nolan Smith broke down. Yeah. Um, it wasn't in a, like not in a bad or a good way or anything. It was just, it was very emotional for him. Uh, you know, ultimately if you're going to be really cold hearted and analyze it that way, I would say it's probably good for him. Um, but he it's that's a hard thing to talk about for the first time publicly as you're at the combine yep. being evaluated. It's a good test. No so the doubt. quarterbacks, it's like this is the easiest thing to pass possible. Probably. Say all the right things. Yep. Talk about being a good teammate. Basically sound like uh, any any newly hired GM or head coach. Yep. Uh, all right. So let's get to this. This is the athletics Nick Baumgartner's mock draft. Now, I will say this. It is from Tuesday. So... Drafted number one overall in this particular one yeah. is Jalen Carter, defensive tackle out of Georgia. So we're looking at this more as like, what are they saying about the draft picks more so than... Probably. I, you know, the fact that Jalen Carter is probably out of the mix for a top five spot right now, as we don't right know. Now. As of right now. Even if, he were, even if that were the case, I think some of these freakish times being put in by the edge rushers might... Might supplant, you know, that, that spot anyway. Yeah. yeah. And I know everybody, I know, like, combine heroes, all that stuff. But that's the way sometimes, like last year, the number one overall pick um, ended up going basically <laughs> yeah. because he was just such a freak physically, <laughs> you know? Yeah. The, oh, yeah. This will finally be the year where GMs just ignore 40 times at yeah, the combine. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, the, there are going to be guys that some teams, not all teams, some teams will fall in love with because of what they do here. So this particular mock draft in The Athletic, as we do your daily mock draft injection, has Jalen Carter at number one. Could still happen. You know, this this legal situation could all play out for Jalen Carter to where he is still viewed as draftable number one overall. And the other thing I'll point out about that, and we'll get to who the Texans take in just a second here, 
is that this is a bit of a nobody's talking about. Hmm. We may have brought it up on the show the other day. Kansas City is a team that I would say has taken some latitude with character guys they brought in over the last several years. You know, Frank Clark they traded for. He had some major issues with domestic violence when he was at Michigan. Yeah. Tyreek Hill they drafted. Yeah. Granted, in the middle rounds. Kareem Hunt was on their team at one time. Um, Ryan Poles, the GM from Chicago, yeah. who has the first overall pick, does come from Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, now, that, that willingness to take on character risks uh, may have been more driven by Andy Reid than you know the GM than by Brett Veach or the personnel department well also what's his face that went to Cleveland was that way too. John Dorsey John Dorsey yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so Poles is the GM in Chicago I think it's just worth pointing out that he comes the organization that he was working for before he got to Chicago I would say skews to Far to one end of the uh, threshold of what they're willing to take on character risk. Yeah, yeah, that that worth pointing. Into, out. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I think that I, I think Will Anderson and Jalen Carter were regarded as the the top two guys forever here. I think with the the way things have gone with some of these defensive players in the last couple of years, including uh, I, I think like with Aiden Hutchinson or others, um, there is there are more late bloomers that are recognized and, you know, kind of appreciated for their, their physical skills mm-hmm. that maybe can rise late in the process. Aiden Hutchins didn't rise late in the process, but um, there's – yeah, I, I don't think it might be as clear-cut that there's a consensus that those two guys are the top guys. I think there's other guys too. Um, as far as the Texans, let's do it, Ben. The second pick in the athletic Nick Baumgartner mock draft, the Houston Texans select Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. Here's what, he, here's what he has to say. Young is the most game-ready passer in the draft, which puts him ahead of Stroud on my board, but not by a ton. C.J. Stroud may well be the better long-term prospect. The more you watch Young's film, the more you'll see him solve problems that didn't appear to have an answer a half second earlier. Mm, That's interesting. Yeah. I've not heard that it framed that way before. Um, Dane Brugler, who's the <laughs> athletic draft expert. Like he's playing Sudoku or something. Called him, yeah. I bet he'd be good at yeah. it. Uh, Dane Brugler called him, the Steph Curry with a, called him Steph Curry with a football, and I love that. Young figures it out in spite of his size and yeah. frame. Will he be elite for 10 years? Not sure, but in this class, he's an elite prospect right now. Now. Okay, dude. There was like one. You, you week don't like where, the Steph well, Curry. I don't thing, like I don't it think. because, like, at first there was like one week where all of a sudden seven different draft experts made the Steph Curry comparison. Yeah, and it annoys me just because it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Steph Curry's not nearly as small relative to other guards in the NBA as Bryce Young is to everybody else. Like Steph Curry was a skinny little dude, but he's the average height of an NBA player. He's just skinnier than average. But like, yeah, his height was a concern, but it wasn't impossible to see him working out um, the way that it would with like, and I would say that, I mean, Bryce Young in a lot of the other areas is a better prospect than Steph Curry was like, it was hard. It's easy to project Bryce Young working out as a passer and all of that, except for the fact that people are worried about his size and his durability. The height, and I think, too, I think people act like, well, now because there have been several short quarterbacks, they've proven that height doesn't matter. No, it, it totally 100% still matters. The quarterbacks who have made, made it work despite being short have had to have extra skill on top of it. it you know, to, if they had just been like your average six foot four quarterback in terms of intelligence, timing, anticipation, Drew Brees never would have made it as a guy that's six foot and one half inch. Um, so that's, it is still a consideration. It is still a check against them. Bryce Young met with the media this morning. I'm just reading through some of Brooks Cabina's tweets here. Uh, Bryce was asked about his meeting with the Texans. 
said it went great. Just being in the room, he says he, quote, got a lot of wisdom. So he got a lot of wisdom from sitting in the t- with the Texans for 15 Bryce minutes. Young got wisdom Bryce Young from got the wisdom. Texans. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. I wonder what wisdom they gave him. Did Do anybody ask a follow-up on did, that? Uh, no, well, oh, the, the, here, you want to you hear the next tweet yeah. from, from Brooks? A reporter unintentionally filibusters with a bit of a monologue, and from the back, someone yells, what's your question? Oh, my gosh. Oh, we got to get that, that raw is, audio. That we do. We oh. Do. We do. That is true, though. You, you've only got 15 minutes. The, the, media, the media only has 15 minutes. Yeah. Oh, no, man. Some of these, some of these reporters, they start, I don't know what they do. They, they think they're on a podcast yeah. when they start asking a question. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. All right, let's, um, let's get to the, uh, the 12th pick in the draft. And the 12th pick has been traded. You're going to have to cue that up again, Ben, because the Washington Commanders traded up with the Houston Texans to select Anthony Richardson, who's still on the board at 12. So the Texans move back from 12 to 16. They pick up a third-round pick in the process. And with the 16th pick, the Houston Texans select, eh, I don't know if I'd like this one, Paris Johnson Jr., (laughs) offensive tackle, Ohio State. What's so funny? I don't know. Just your your reaction. Can you imagine if Goodell did that? I think this is a case where I'm not going to crush Jane Brugler for this. I think that if he were following the Texans more closely, he wouldn't make this one just because the the buzz and the trend seems to be towards keeping Laramie Tunsil around and the Texans liking Titus Howard. So I would be surprised if they take an offensive tackle in the first round. Even if now I know a lot of people look a lot of people would say, Hey, look, lots of guys have been drafted like Jonathan Ogden was drafted by the Ravens when they already had two good offensive tackles. Um so if you really like the guy, there's an argument just to take the guy anyway. I would just if I were doing a mock draft, I I wouldn't have a tackle going in the first round. Paris Johnson did play some guard at Ohio State. Does that change your assessment of it at all? Because they, I know they've got Kenyon Green. They're going to play him at left guard. Yeah. They've got AJ Can at right guard. It, would it make sense to if you like him enough? You know, if they have a grade on him where he's actually like the seventh or eighth best guy on their board, it gets yeah. a sixteen and he's there. Would it make sense to draft him, put him at guard, and then he's some insurance in case either Titus Howard or Laramie Tunsil do leave in free agency after? It's this year? possible. Um, I don't like flip-flopping guys around from side to side and yeah. position to position. Not ideal. Like, it's a, yeah, but it's an, I, I think it's a reality these days that you have to deal with. So, yeah, it's, it's certainly possible. I'll be surprised, though, yeah. if they do it. Yeah. Um, and I do think that – I think Kenyon Green, if you look back at his entire season, I think you can excuse some of his poor play from being banged up while going against like a slew of the best defensive tackles in the league. So then it's kind of like with Derek Stingley. The problem is, all right, well, is he injury prone um, or is this something that we can work his way out of? Do you want a bonus pick? There's a second round on this mock draft. Oh, yeah. I'll give you a bonus here. Yeah, Ben, let's do this. Yeah, a little bonus. With the 34th overall pick, the Houston Texans select Darnell Washington, tight end, Georgia. Uh, So a tight end, a big tight end. He was more the blocking tight end at Georgia. Brock Bowers, who is a soft, was a sophomore this year, he's going to be a top ten pick next year. He's amazing. What? Uh, who's? Uh, do you know which tight ends went before him in this? Uh, uh, this good question. Deal? I did not look that up. Uh, Dalton Kincaid went 29th from Utah. I mean, you might get three uh, tight ends going in the first Michael round. Michael Mayer this year. went 25th to Jacksonville, and my guess is Musgrave, Musgrave. is somewhere in the mix yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. But Washington is viewed as a high level talent. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, 
I, I think they're going to come away from the first two days of the draft from rounds one through three. I think one of those five picks they have is going to be a tight end. Where is Georgia getting all these freaks from? And Darnell Washington isn't really a freak, um, but he's a he's a tight end that might go in the you know in the top two or three. Like they just they've had. It's not just like a well-coached team with some talent. They have these, on defense especially, these yeah. just absolute freaks. I, they're the new Alabama, you know? I mean, they're, they're, and, and I would say, you go, well, you know, you build a fence around the state, and you, but Georgia's a good football state. Yeah. It's not great. Similarly, Alabama's a good football state, but it's not a state where you're like, we just keep all the Alabama kids. They're not, like, spewing out the most NFL yeah. prospects. I'm, Georgia might have the most per capita by now. Maybe. You know? Maybe. Uh, I'm guessing... For, they're getting a lot from Florida, probably, is yeah. my guess. You know, anywhere in that southeast part of the country. You're, that's kids basically just your start, whole patch. Yeah, I feel it. But these 40 times are absurd. And I don't, I'm not easily impressed by 40 times. But now, and this is the one thing you do have to remember about the Combine Warriors. When it comes to pass rushers, the yes, a guy being really athletic certainly doesn't mean he's going to be a good pass rusher. But... It is a prerequisite, really, to being a great pass rusher. The guys that are really, really good tend to be physical freaks, you know. So um, that's almost like the price of admission is that if you if you expect to get a guy that's going to get uh, consistently double digit sacks per year, these these absolute freakazoids um, are are where you'll find them. Like you know, like JJ Watt. I know everybody loves to talk about the the lunch pal dynamic and everything. JJ's kind of a freak. I see all these guys being compared to JJ Watt. And they, they keep bringing up these guys that are, like, 270 pounds. Yeah, Luke like, Van dude, Ness, there's a whole blurb yeah, about him. Hey, he's white and he's got similar times. Dude, he's 20 pounds less than J.J. Yeah. Watt. Yeah. What are you talking about? That's a different, it's a completely different type of athlete. It's like the, you're running the same speed while carrying a 25-pound weight on your back. Yeah. Go ahead and try that. It's pretty damn impressive. I like that you're getting agitated with Luke Van Ness. I saw Luke Van Ness. I woke up <laughs> this morning. What did he ever do to you? I woke up this morning, and there it was. Yeah. Oh, the white guy being compared to J.J. Oh, Watt. yeah. Like, use your brains a little bit. Can you stretch a little bit? Can you try to – and I don't even care if it is the accurate um, – but as soon as a guy's, like, 20 pounds different, it's not the accurate comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Go to T.J. Watt or something. Right. But don't go to J.J. Watt. Like, it's just – you're being lazy. All right, oh, let's – <laughs> I'm gonna let you take a breath. This guy who's never started a game in his life, mind you, yeah, um, and is 20 pounds less than JJ Watt. Like, yeah. oh, reminds me a same, lot of JJ Watt. Same guy, same yeah. guy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're listening to KLT and KLT HD2 and Odyssey Station. What say we do some headlines? Shall we? Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines, brought to you by BaywayJeep.com. All right, Astros spring training. Adam Spillane is going to join us live from the Astros facility uh, in the eight o'clock hour here. Um, Dana Brown sat down with Adam Spillane yesterday. Really good interview. Uh, we've, we're going to play some more of it as we roll on with the show here today. Dana Brown talked about the new rules and the pace of play and the pitch clock. He likes these new rules, and I love the reason he likes the new rules. Is basically the same reason that we in the media and fans, not those of us who like the rule, the yeah. pitch clock rule, the main reason we like it is the same reason Dana Brown likes it. Here's the Astros GM. The speed of the game is... It's, it's intriguing because, you know what, there's some days we're here for three hours or 45 minutes. That's just a long time, you know, to, to have games last that long. You know, the pace of the games have been really good out here. It's kind of reminded me of, you know, when you when I played and it was like a 2-1 game and the, the game is moving along because the pitchers are dealing. But you're getting some offense and the game's still moving along because, you know, of the pitch clock. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited about that. 
I love Dana Brown is basically like us. Like, yeah, we got to get home. Yeah, I want to go to bed. Well, dude, okay, for one, it's just for a century. For a century, the average length of a baseball game was less than two and a half hours. It really wasn't until the 90s that it started creeping up towards three hours. So I, this, this notion that somehow, oh, yeah, it's always been like this, and people just got to, you know, the, the modern generation just doesn't get it. Like, no, 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 no. When you fell in love with the game, it was likely a much shorter baseball game. And, yeah, it's those extreme versions of it that really sink. When it ends up being a five-hour game played on the West Coast or something like that, if you truly love baseball, because I see people saying, like, well, if you truly love baseball, you actually enjoy sitting around and not paying attention. Like, okay, I don't know. Usually when I really love something, I'd like to be able to pay attention and not be paying my bills during, the, during all of it. It's, um, I think it just makes a lot more sense. And like, always ask yourself, okay, if I'm going to sit down and design the game of baseball, would I design a game that sometimes lasted four and a half hours on a weeknight? I would guess the answer would be no. Um, so it just, it makes more sense that it's, yes, it's through an artificial creation, but it ends up being more like baseball has been played in the past. Um, and how it was for a century, and it's just, and it's, it's more interesting on a minute by minute basis. Just from what I've seen, like watching in person, on a minute by minute basis, I'm less inclined to want to like kind of scroll through my phone and stop paying attention because there's something happening all the time. Yeah, no, I found the very first day we were here, Seth. I found like it's almost like you can't afford to sit and tweet during the game because you do miss stuff. Yeah, uh, it's, it's yeah, you do. You miss stuff, and especially because of the pitch clock. I'm actually. I'm kind of okay with it not even getting any more efficient when a guy because when a guy strikes out from um, like when a batter strikes out from not being ready yet, yeah, it's confusing at first. It is. You're, there's a little bit of like, wait, what's going on? Oh, damn it! Oh, I missed it. It's I didn't unsettling. even get to see exactly why he wasn't why he wasn't ready. What's what's going on? It's unsettling. Yes. Um, by the way, the Astros play the Braves today. Um, we're we're getting up and out of here today. Uh, but the Astros play the Braves. Jose Altuve, Jeremy Pena, Kyle Tucker, Alex Bregman, you're one through four in the lineup. So our first look at Alex Bregman, Jose Arquiti is starting. The interesting names in the bullpen today, Ryan Stanek and Rafael Montero. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Over here. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.